Ah, uh, you look up the message. Yeah. Not my responsibility to... Okay, I just got one word at you. My, <laughs> the formalities are over. <laughs> right of passage, maturing, reviewing, transition. Judgment is a card of drastic change, release, and review. Your current phase of life is coming to an end. Now it is time to look objectively at what has be has come before. In which ways did you succeed? Oh, shit. I touched it and it went away. Oh, I got it. Um, in which ways did you succeed? Where did you fail? What big lessons have you learnt? Life cannot stay as is. Change is unavoidable. You will benefit now by being accountable for your choices and behavior. Be honest with yourself. How does that make you feel? It feels relevant, you know? Feels relevant. I, uh, I like it. I like it. I am 33 years old, turning 34, and I've had a couple of those conversations with myself recently where I was like, you know, you're going, through a diff you're going into a different bracket. I was talking with a friend recently, and they were like, the bracket is from like 25 to like 32, 33. That's a bracket. And then in the 33, I don't know what the top of that next bracket is. You'll but know when you get there, though. Are you a little bit older? You do you know? I'm 34. You're, like I so just turned, I just turned 34. Too. So mm. like, but I agree with you in that I feel like I am. But also, COVID forced you to kind of enter a new bracket. That's you know true. what I mean? It's yeah. like whatever bracket was supposed to end, or wherever it was supposed to kind of like naturally yes. go, it like snapped off. At yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Because everyone, or not everyone, but a lot of people came out and they're just like saying yes to things they would have never said yes to before like they're just moving overseas for a year they're like you know oh could you imagine the amount of like divorces or whatever like big lifestyle changes because it was like oh fuck i'm doing this while i you know while i'm able you know i think that it's um it's like fuck what am i trying to say this is fun already. I'm like, I'm thinking this is like become a therapy podcast for uh, COVID already, and it feels good. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, that fear is gone. But it'd be so funny to imagine what if you a lot of those, like you said, these massive life decisions would have never happened without the catalyst of COVID, and then life would have just been this completely separate universe with like all these different choices, everything. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like, it, yeah, it affects affects so much shit. Absolutely, I think. I think it's like a, a bit less regimented. I just think, you know, the, yeah, the, the saying yes, I think people, the trend I'm seeing is people are just like, oh, almost going a bit, oh, fuck it, I'll just do it. You know, whatever the, whatever that is, I'll just, I'll have a crack, you know? Um, and then, yeah, I guess maybe there is this other world where they, they wouldn't have done that. They would have stayed in the job, stayed in the relationship, you know? This um, podcast would have been up to like episode 100 by now. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> You'd just be rolling them out weekly. You wouldn't even like them. You'd be like, oh, God, I'm doing this a chore. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, like you're, you're in this robot state doing the thing and then the COVID just forces everything to stop. So you're like, fuck, what, are, what, what is this podcast for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's anything for? Dude. What's anything for? That's, yeah, well, I, it's funny to come back now that it's like, it feels like it's been... I'm just coming out of the COVID hole, right? Even though it's like, fuck, we've been out of lockdown for like, what? How many? Has it been like a two years, a year? Nah, I can't even remember. Been two years. It's been, uh, well, today's late Jan and we got out 
We got out in, in November, but that wasn't out. Like, that was like, you know, you, you, you want to go to the fucking pub? Like, make a booking. You know, that wasn't, like, that wasn't the shittest way to go to the pub, by the yes, way. Yes, that, that when you're leaving awkward the pub. Fa- yeah, <laughs> and I think because of COVID lockdown, you know, already, you're like, well, I'll just stay inside. And then when you're like, fuck, the pub's making me go home at 8 o'clock? Nah, I'm just not even going to go. <laughs> it, it, was in, it was the worst time in my life because I am a huge pub guy. Like, it's my favorite place. And then to know... When like it's like going on a play date or something. like to know when it's gonna end is the shittest thing ever. Like going in and just being like, all right, like you almost calculated how many beers you could have, and then, like then there's like this weird bartender coming on like when you've eaten your meal, just be like, so you at the table back? And you're like, fuck, what are you like a security guard now? Like what the fuck? This is so regimented and shit. How long did that go on for? I can't even. I- Not too long with hindsight, but it was just shit while I was in it. Uh, I don't know, a month, two months. Exactly. Just yeah. this whole too long. Let's just say that from you know, yeah, we're talking about me being a thirty-four-year-old dude. Like mm. I, st- like that's the thing. I don't know with this bracket because I still feel like a thirty-year-old guy that just got stuck. Yes. Like a- yes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and but I, like I said to you before we started recording, like I don't feel like it's just business as usual. Like you know, there's still some overhang stuff of socially and all that sort of thing where people haven't gotten back to. And it never will get back to what it was before. But like, you know, like it's... You don't I, think? I don't know. <laughs> what I know? I mean, there's there's been pandemics before. I don't know. I just um, think that the power of human brain with denial is like, we can just push all that shit down. Like oh, we, we yeah. pushed it down for millennia. I think oh, we're, <laughs> we're, yeah, absolutely. Like this took a while. It was like, you know, a couple of years. It's like, but you could, you bury it. A couple more years, you'd be able to bury, bury those it. years yeah, of trauma for true. sure. For sure. No, and it's, I mean, and... Uh, we are very good at burying the trauma, you know? We love it as oh. a people. It's like a sport. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I guess we've been back for a year and a bit, uh, we'll say formally, but... Don't fucking feel like it. No, no, it doesn't <laughs> feel like it. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, um, we should probably start the proper show, hey. Welcome to the new Fuck You Tarot Lady. Uh, I'm Rory Beforth, and my guest this... My guest that brought me back to doing podcasting, which is a pretty good honor, I think, in this new era. I'm going to call this AD if the old podcast was BC. I think this is AD. And to start the AD, number one, we have Alex Keane on the show. Thanks for coming, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. That is a beautiful introduction. uh, (laughs) Don't say nice things to me. I don't like it. I I waffled at that start. I feel like Um, I might cut some of that shit out. But this, we're in the zone. I feel great. Uh, When you you messaged and were like, I'm going to start the pod, want to be the first one back, I was like, on it. I was like, this is beautiful. I would love to do that. So a little bit of context for the listeners. When... I guess the the reason why all this came about was because we discussed podcasting. Mm. That was kind of the Oedipus for a, a catch up and some drinks to talk about podcasting. And I yeah. pretty much tried to talk you out of it with everything that I hated about you podcasting. Yeah, yeah. After that, uh, I, I've still been looking at, and I will start one, um, and it's getting closer, but uh, that, that put a fucking three month gap in it because you were just like, oh, podcast? Fuck that, bro. <laughs> and you were like, do not do it. No one like, listens. Cool. No one cares. You yeah. can't make any money. It takes fucking hours of your week. Like, the unreliability too, the thing you were like, every Everyone oh, is so I said, yeah, I said, don't do, don't, don't make it guest based, because then you got to bring a guest every time you want a fucking podcast. Like Bill Burr, genius, just yes. sit in a room and get mad. The best, yeah. <laughs> endless. It is absolute therapy for the Burr, uh, and, and he's hilarious. Like it is really funny. Like it's, it's great. Yeah, it's he's one of the best ranters. I love his rants. So that's know? that's the po- if you're gonna do it, I suggest solo pod. Just, solo pod. Just get yeah. in a room, rant it out. I'm sure you'll be able to, you know. But I'm, a, I'm an extrovert in the way that I need to bounce off, you know, like I need someone to riff with. 
Plus, you're you know you're located in a good place where you'd be able to get a lot of people around. I, you, you know? Yeah, yeah. People love being around me. It's not Fitzroy. It's me. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say it's harder to get them out west. It know? is. Yeah, I drove out here. I was like, <laughs> fuck me, a commute. <laughs> But you imagine me lugging all this shit over here? Would be no, terrible. you can't do it. No, be no. Terrible. And now I'm here. It's great. I love it out here. You know, I love the West. I'm a convert to the West. You got a house. You got a yard. I live in a one-bedroom apartment. I fucking hate myself. My neighbors hear me whack off. You know, like it's just <laughs> Jesus. This is this is luxury. This is your two floors. All right. This is like, and then the next step up is the people that move out to like the sticks, like an hour away, where it's like, wow, you've got like nature oh, and yeah. shit you there's know, a creek running through your property correct yeah. that's that's the kind of thing and it's the grass is always greener that you always want that next thing so that's that's what I'm like now is like, that where you're going why isn't there like fucking birds nesting in our backyard why isn't there a creek why isn't yeah. there yeah you know. I got the dream of going like getting a place like out in Castlemaine or something like that. That's what I want to do because it's like it's still pretty chill. Uh, like Castlemaine's got some good shit going. On. I've literally been there. I don't know shit about <laughs> Castlemaine, but I went there once and it was fucking great. And I was like, this seems like and everyone seems pretty chill. You know, kind of seems a bit like a a nice. You know, sometimes you walk into a country town like Colac and you're like, ooh, 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 I don't want to hang around here much. You know, like. <laughs> Um, but Castlemaine does not have that vibe. Yeah. That's the kind of person I, I'll, I'll go someplace once and I'll be like, I'll base my future on that, actually. <laughs> I fucking aspire to live there. Mm. Oh, so good. I had to just make sure we're recording because uh, every once in a while we're going to do paranoia of like everything's not <laughs> happening. And uh... blame that bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's good. It's happening and uh, it's, it's excellent. So, anyway, let's talk more. So, you, I talked you out of the podcast and then I yes. was like, fuck, this actually is pretty good and if i am going to give alex a platform to be funny for a couple of hours i should i should just do all the work and do all the editing like i don't want to rope you into like having to like buy a microphone ah <laughs> uh, this suits me yeah this is this turn up like swan in like oscar wilde and be like all right i'll have a chat now and then i'll fuck off yeah uh no i yeah, this suits all parties uh <laughs> yeah so anyway i guess um we also need to uh, talk about your profession you're a comedian Obviously, sure. you, I'm hoping that there's been listeners laughing already, but you are you are a comedian. Tell us about your journey in comedy, because that's what I want to essentially mainly talk to you about. That's, oh, that's the uh, that's the grilling. All right. Yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm going to jump straight into grill now. You've yeah. already made jokes. People are like, what is this deal? What's, what's the guy this guy? He's, he's pretty funny. He uh, probably should be a comedian. Thanks, listener. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for that thought. Uh, no, yeah, I, uh, I've been doing comedy. Uh, I was talking, uh, it was a friend of mine, a comedian friend's birthday last night, and a few of us went to the pub, and um, I was talking to him about, I've been doing it since early 19, but it's like, you can't, it's not four years, because it was two years off. So it's like, I'm not a four-year-in comedian, I'm like a two-year-in comedian, but I've been doing it for four years, technically, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's... It's good. It's like uh, the pandemic was a, a good reason. Like before the pandemic, I was all like, I've got to be someone in comedy. You know, like I want to, I want to, you know, I want to uh, essentially, I didn't know what making it was, but I wanted to make it. And now uh, post pandemic, it's, it's better. My attitude towards it is better. It's like, uh, it's healthier. Before I was like, oh, you got to do five gigs a night. You got to get five gigs. A, uh, sorry, five gigs a week minimum. Now I'm like, um, you know, if you only get three this week, you only get three this week. Uh, it's less hustler, less competitive. Um, and I think that's better in my, in my gigs. Cause it's like, I don't know, there's something a bit shit about like chasing it too hard, you know, like it's, it's, um, yeah, yeah. I had success. It's like when you start anything uh, new, I got a lot of success early. Like you get, cause you, you know, like when you're riding a bike or anything, you like, you get better real quick. Uh, and then you plateau. So, uh, yeah, I plateaued for a bit and I was like, why don't I like, you know, getting better rooms or whatever. But now I'm just like, 
a bit more relaxed about it. That's uh, so... Wait, what, what point in the timeline? Because, A, I'm also shocked based on that time already. That's like, wow, that's a really short time. But, yeah. like, when do you... You call it that from, you know, 19 or whatever. Is that when you, like, started getting up and... Uh, you know, making money off of it or whatever. Like, no, you that ever was open mic. S- that was open mic. That was you- fucking walk into an open mic and just... And it was, yeah, just do your first gig. Holy shit. So, mm, like, yeah, you'd never new. done that before that moment. Nah. You were like... So, what was the moment when... Had you always thought growing up that you're like, I want to... Yeah. Yeah, like, tell me about that. Like, what was the stirring there? Yeah, I remember uh, this girl... Uh, there's in grade eight, the popular girl at my high school. Uh, I was at Nambour High School on the Sunshine Coast. It was like a pretty... It was a fine school, but it was like, it was a bit hood, you know, it was a bit hood. And there was the, the popular girl, she was in my class for, for the whole grade, the popular girl. And she, uh, she said to me, she was like, you should, you should absolutely be a comedian. And I was like, I don't get a lot much from the hot popular girl ever. So I'll just take what she said. And I'm still trying to impress her to this day by being it. Uh, she's married with kids. She's not even hot anymore. It's crazy. It's... <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the pandemic uh, kind of what do you call it the what was that uh, sliding doors moment you know yeah they, if someone else cute said to you to do something that might have been it but yeah yeah maybe no no that was uh that was one thing i remember being like is that an option uh, and then like <laughs> throughout my life and uh, i didn't not do just it for girl. that it's yeah just, i didn't do it's it. A, it's a whole it is funny of- i should probably like it that, that is a bit of a, a joke like i didn't really do it for her <laughs> <laughs> No, I'd always wanted to. I always wanted to do it, and I, um, you know, I was living up in Queensland, and uh, and then it got to a point where I think I was like twenty eight, twenty nine. I was like, well, if you don't go now, you're never going to go. So I, I moved to Melbourne, and and I had a had a crack. It took me a few months after moving to go to an open mic because it's quite daunting as a thirty by that twenty nine, thirty year old guy. Quite daunting to go to an open mic. Everyone's there's twenty, and obviously no one there's funny. Uh, you know, I'm not funny. <laughs> like it's just, it's all pretty brutal. So, so did you open mic up in Queensland before you? No. So you had, to, so you decided to go to Melbourne first to start your comedy, like not do any yeah. shit show. It was it like, is that like a fighters mentality? We don't want to have like a, any zeros in Queensland. You're like, I'll have a better chance in Melbourne <laughs> if I start there. Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's like the I, I don't know much about the Sydney scene. I understand it's pretty relatively good, but you know, Melbourne has got the. F- city with a festival so it's kind of associated with the the comedy city in australia and uh, i would have had to i wasn't living like in a city up there i was living in the sunshine coast so i would have had to drive an hour and a half to go to brisbane to do gigs and then you know an hour and a half back i was like just fucking i wanted to move to the city anyway like i was just moved to melbourne my brother was here just made sense you know yeah amazing so what was like what was some of the first material? Like, how did you approach Mm. comedy when you first got in? So like you're at open mic, you said you're not funny. That's hilarious because yeah, at those, they're brutal, those things. Brutal, brutal. Small room, open mic comedy. There's like two people that are in the bar that didn't know comedy was on and they like, the bartender's like, oh, you could watch some comedy and they're like, look at each other awkwardly and they're like, I guess it could be okay. And then they hear like the first act and they're like, fuck, are we roped in for the whole night? Like, how do we, can we leave? Like, it's so shit. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, you've got to go up there after some 20-year-old kid's just, like, talked about his dick in, for five minutes and then you've got to get up there. He's just stunk the room out and I don't have the skill set to bring it back, you know, so I'm talking about, God. My, a lot of my early material was, like, moving from Bogan, Queensland to the inner north uh, and, you know, just the stark difference in culture in, you know, anything goes up there, whereas, you know, down here it was a bit more... It was a bit more politically correct and like it was better, but it was just more like the commenting on the on the style feeling differences. Like one of my one of my bits is um 
Oh, I hate saying bits when you're not on stage, but uh, <laughs> one of my bits is like, you know, like uh, up there, they think global warming's like, you know, a brand of microwave, whereas down here, if you forget your keep cup at a local coffee shop, they look at you like you're a registered sex offender. Like, you know, like that's sort of, that's the vibe. It's like, oh, it's so different. And it's like, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't do that sort of stuff anymore, that material anymore, because I'm not that person anymore. But it was, that was the, the way I got into comedy was like, hey, this is all new to me and it's all a bit weird. Yeah, the you fish know? out yeah, of water character. Yeah, the fish yeah. out of water character, which is... Yeah, kind of shit now. Like, I look back. I'm like, you're never that proud of your old material. But uh, you look back now and you're like, ugh, hack. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us about... So, you moved to Melbourne in 2019. How, like, does that mean you get like a year in before pandemic yeah, kicks in? Yeah, like- exactly one year. Yeah, exactly. I, got, I started in um, February, March, I think. Um, yeah, and then we uh, I went. I got to do the Adelaide Fringe Festival. Uh, I met with Tess, who you know, uh, a friend of mine, a comedy, very good comedy friend of mine, and a friend of yours as well. Uh, probably a future guest of this show. Probably as a well. future guest. Yeah. yeah, Tess Burr. She's an absolute legend. Um, one of my, was probably my closest friend. Uh, and she, um, her and I met just like pretty early on in the journey, and. Because it was like, it was a lot of, you know, younger people and like, you know, it attracts the open mic comedy scene, it attracts a few burnouts and that sort of stuff. So we sort of felt like we were kind of the only normal-ish people in the open mic scene. So we sort of paired up and did a did a split show in the Adelaide Fringe Festival. So we got the Fringe Festival in, in uh, like the first week of March, pre-pandemic 2020, and we were booked in to do the Melbourne Comedy Fest, but obviously that didn't go ahead in 2020. So that sort of Fringe Festival and then cut off for like two years yeah yes and you've made jokes before about like zoom comedy as well yes, is that kind of how yeah. you sharpen those skills like doing no, these no 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 zoom comedy. <laughs> no 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 zoom but, comedy was so, i wouldn't do it i would so have done it in the lockdown time how do you sharpen the comedy skills it uh you don't you just you don't do it you get real depressed you feel like there's nothing to live for because that was like that was like you know when i started doing that I was like i'm achieving something i'm getting better at something like i'm working towards something this is good and then that goes and then like you can't do it on Zoom, the only reason I did a couple of Zoom gigs, and they were because Tess uh, organised them all. She was like, "I need someone else to do it." I was like, "Fine." Um, I thought you'd just be like, "Yes, yeah, sweet, I'll do whatever I can." Was it like that? No, it was a like- bit of that. It was a bit of that. But then I did one, and I was like, "Oh, this kind of shit." A lot of them were for like workplaces. Can uh, you hear the laugh on the uh, like? Are they dude, mic'd in, or are you just like dude. doing jokes to silence? Um, yeah, sometimes. Like, yeah, I remember that once Tess, like after because we did a couple when we lived together. We lived together in the pandemic, and. Um, I remember she, uh, after we did one, she like had to tell, it was like, it was her work team. So it was like, you know, fair enough. She couldn't tell them what to do. But she, I remember her, them t- her telling like half of them to keep it on so we could hear something. Cause otherwise it's just, it's too hard, you know, like, cause you don't know when, if they're laughing, you can't talk over a laugh because that's, you know, they'll, they'll miss the setup for the next bit or whatever. So it's like, you, you do need to know when they're laughing, but it's also just a funny thing to be like, Lee, someone, whoever is a good laugher, leave your fucking microphone on, would you? We, we need it. This is for us too, you know? <laughs> And it was, it absolutely was. <clears throat> we watched the, we watched Bill Burr do like a Zoom comedy oh, thing. Oh yeah. During, we, did you watch that when it was? Mm. What was it like? A, a, no, I don't think I did. I watched Nate Bargatze do like one to like an open air with everyone's on masks. Is it that sort of thing or was it Zoom? No, it was like as Australians, we paid for him to specifically talk to like a thousand of us on a Zoom call. Oh, that's really funny. But there was, I didn't know there that. was some sound. He could get some sound, right? Because like. He could tell when he he tried some like anti-feminist stuff and it like fell on deaf ears for the Australian crowd. Like wow. and it was like, it, so there was a, you know, so it was it was awkward as fuck. The yeah, whole thing, yeah, like yeah. comedy, is kind of awkward as oh, fuck. Oh, it's, no, it's yeah, it really yes. it's not. It's just not the vibe. It's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just no, you, no, no. Um, 
yes, it gives me an icky feeling to to reflect on and, and think back on. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we all had, I guess, we all have icky Zoom times that we have to absolutely, yeah, 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 bury, yeah. bury with all the other COVID trauma. Totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you get back out whenever that was. Was yes. it like I'm instantly going to go to comedy, or was there a questioning nah. of like, oh, there was a questioning. I remember my brother asked me like I was talking about. I was like, oh fuck, I'm a bit anxious about going back and this. And I remember my brother was like, and it was a real, real sort of point where he was like, do you reckon, do you reckon you'll go back? And I was like, yeah, yeah, well, I'll definitely like. I stopped and thought about it for a minute though, which is so not like, like usually I prioritize comedy over everything, you know, like my social life uh, comes second to comedy all the time. Like that's comedy gets, you know, if I get offered a gig and I've got plans with friends, fuck the friends, I'm doing the gig, you know? Um, So that, uh, I remember that being like, oh, that was a funny moment where it's like, oh, maybe I don't prioritize it that much, but it took a minute. Like there was a couple of, you know, weeks where I wasn't, doing great gigs and i didn't do well a few times in a row and i was just like oh you lost it bro get out um but now oh still a crush i know <laughs> just i went through level <laughs> so wait, wait so like um if so when did that kind of when you have those bomb shows would you yeah. think so like how like explain to me because this is fun i've never had a comedian on the podcast before. oh yeah i don't think oh i offend anyone if i've had a, if i ever had a comedian <laughs> on the fucking podcast before. whoops it's been years. Um, anyway, I, I, the like talking about rooms and bombing and things like that. Like, yeah. how, what's the science of that? Now that you've kind of done it, you know, a bunch of rooms. Like, how do you know? Can you know when you're going in that it's going to be good or bad? Like, you know, or can yeah, it- yeah, you do know going in. Well, you can just see, but like the ambience, the, the the vibe of the room and the person before you's on. You know how what level they're at. You know, like it might be a guy who's one year in or a girl who's six years in. Uh, so you know how good their skill set is to handle that. So you like, you know, someone is way better than you and they're on and they're really struggling you're like oh fuck <laughs> you know like oh, i can't do any better than that uh, and i don't know how to handle the crowd like she does or whatever um but then sometimes it's like a nice one where there's might be six in there and they sort of want to laugh and there's some you know some brand new person up there and, and you go i reckon i can you know the challenge is to try and just get a bit out of, like just bring this room a little bit tiny bit to life you know and that's a win you know like that's so yeah, and by all no means am I a master of any of it yet. Any, but like, yeah, you can identify. You can absolutely. I don't. I don't have the skill set to turn a room, but I have the skill set to identify and be like, I know if I'm going to go okay or or dog shit. Yeah, that's really interesting when you say you don't have the skill set. So it's like, is that something? Does that only come with you know just years of being on stage and that comfortability to feel like you could turn a room around if it went sour? You know, like yeah. what, what are those skills? Like how- those skills, they're hard to quantify or talk about. I don't. Because I think they they say it's a ten year apprenticeship, uh, and I remember coming in, I was like, oh, I'm, you know, surely it won't take ten years. And now I'm in, I'm like, it might might be fourteen for me actually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's and just that- yeah, I don't know, I don't know about the skill set thing, but it's like it's hard to quantify. But there's some there's some guys uh, in the scene that are just you know that I've seen do it where they walk into a room and you know all of us are bombing and they're just like oh don't worry about this I'll fucking turn it and there's four people there and they just by the end of it the four people are having the time of their life and he walks off and goes you know you're welcome it's like it's it's huge it's so impressive it's like seeing just like wizardry it is like- yeah yeah it is it is it's um yeah again by no means am I anywhere near that but it's the that's what you that's the aspiration that's like my goal now is to get I don't want anything more than to be you know good enough to you know be good in a room that's really hard to be good in you know that's that's a wonderful goal I think you know 
Yeah. That's kind of, I don't know, and that was my next question is going to be like, you know, in Mortal Kombat where you got to like chop the wood between the ladder climb and then it gets to like concrete and then it's like steel, ruby, whatever. Anyway. No, I'm sorry. I'm not a Mortal Kombat guy. <laughs> so like on that journey of like cracking the wood and yeah. then getting up, like, yeah, what are those next couple of kind of, you know, is it, do you get like being an MC and like being that yeah. MC? Like, does that require how many? That you requires, know? to do an MC job well, that requires a decent skill set. And I've been getting a lot more MC gigs uh, of later. I just got, I picked up one uh, tomorrow night, which is great. But yeah, it's nice to be asked to do that because it means your peers think you can do that. And that means they think that you can pull the crowd yeah. out from a. You can control the tempo for the night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're in charge. Like, it's like. Uh, yeah, again, we talked about this last night when I was with my mates. We, the MC, people think the MC goes up and does like ten minutes of material at the start and then brings on the acts. It's like, nah, the MC's job is to keep the people having fun for the night, and like sometimes that requires doing three minutes of material because they're so hot and it's like get the first act out you know and sometimes it requires after someone bombs to do a little bit of material and like have a oh. chat to the crowd and be like hey is everyone comfortable i make everyone comfortable again like rory what's up with you yeah is this, are you on a date whatever like you just you know sort of bring people back in if it sucks or whatever and so there's like yeah i think a lot of people think the mc's role is to like start the night by doing bits but it's not it's like it's it's, yeah. to, it's to control the tempo for the night and, and uh notice or determine what the night needs at, on the uh, like on the spot and then you know facilitate that mm. wow yeah so um so yeah i again don't know how to do it to that level but i am getting to a point where i'm you know i'm, I'm learning you know to do it reasonably well yeah so if that's like okay so there's so open mic is like first wood chop yeah and then what's the next thing up because i feel like MC it's hard be, that, the yeah, next part like- is where you get caught is the next part's where you get caught because it's like you're you know, I, I absolutely consider myself an open micer for sure because I would do a lot of open mics. But comedy is a funny thing where the top drop down and do a lot of open mics. Like if you go to any open mic now, uh, especially you know two months out of comedy festival, some some enormous names are just getting around there because they've got to get stage time is the commodity. You know, they've got yeah. to get it. They've got to get their stage time in. So um, yeah, yeah. So the next level up from open mic is like I don't know. You just sort of. You get a couple of paid country gigs. It's pretty much where I'm at now. Like it's like I, I am an open micer, but I also am getting book spots on you know curated lineups and and you know you get some better gigs and you know you get on a poster with big name X, big name Y, etc. etc. And then you sort of start to progress from there. And that's when you do your comedy festival show. You can say sharing the stage with the yeah, likes of so crunch. Those. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same as band world though. Yeah, it's exactly it is. the same. It sucks. You know? I was just like uh, one person who I met once and was on stage they didn't hang around to see me and now i'm using their name to try and sell tickets to my show it's just like oh god i hate myself i'm 30 fucking three years old (laughs) (laughs) and isn't it also you got to look out for like when they say they're like a late show writer or because it's like you can submit jokes to a lot of those late show yeah so if if they use one joke it'd be like from the late show you know this comedian it's like that's um there was someone that I can't remember who the person was. I think they're in the scene still, but someone was telling me about this. They they went on like an ABC show as a contestant and, and then now they're using it as like in their bio. It's like was on, I don't even know the name of the show. It might've been SBR. I don't know, but it's was just in that, the audience that's funny. Of Spicks and Specs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the, so good. So just any sort of thing you could just like try and jump on that, like as a half a credit, people will just, 
grab it. You know, they're just, that'll do. That'll fucking do. I've got to get people into my, you know, tiny hole in the wall. At the, yeah. You know, or yeah. like, I don't know. We're, we're, like pubs and stuff is is like kind of, because I feel like that would be the next level when you're going up come comedy festival where mm. your show is. And if you can is, fill yeah. the whole... How long do comedy shows go for at the comedy festival? It's usually like this, an hour, right? It's an hour slot. Then this is my issue with, um, and I'm fucking taking on the world here, but uh, now this is my issue with the way comedy is consumed at the minute is the attention span is getting shorter. Mm. And and the people who can hold court and, and deliver a good show for an hour is like, in my opinion, you know, there's the top two or three percent. Uh, and there's so many comedians that I love to see for half an hour. But an hour is just like, it's a lot of time, you know? Like, I think that, I don't know, the format's got to change. Like, it won't, but <laughs> it fucking won't. But it's Let's just, this is me. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm rethinking comedy here. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, you know, look at the charts, like global warming, you know what I mean? Our attention spans are just fucking plummeting. Absolutely, like, yeah. Are you just going to keep making people sit in a room for an yeah. hour when like, And you it's know? unfortunate because I think the audience experience is like someone who is an absolute crusher for 30 minutes if they pad out the show a bit which you kind of have to do a little bit to get to an hour the audience experience is like oh I like the first half or I like the second half but it got a, it sort of went on a bit long you know and it's like well that's the shit for the comedian the shit for the audience it's like who's winning that you know like what's the point in sticking to this format but I guess you know how do you commercialize half an hour slots whatever I don't know I don't have a solution I just got a problem uh- <laughs> <laughs> the solution is you just you just partner up and you just you partner you know, up, but then yeah. that's also like I don't know. I feel like that's kind of seen in the comedy scene is like you're not ready to do you're, a solo. Correct. You know? I was just yeah. about to say that people would think he was like, oh, you've only got half an hour, dude. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah. you, you know. and maybe it's an excuse because that's all I got. <laughs> you know, maybe that's just my excuse, and I'm like, well, the fucking scene's got to change to accommodate me. <laughs> Fuck it. I love that this was all just a ruse because you can only really get like half an hour. Really, yeah, I've only got half an hour and half decent, and I'm just like the fucking whole thing's gonna change to accommodate Miguel. Um, yeah, no, it's yeah, that's but it, I I do feel that way. I honestly think like there's so many comedians out there that I'm like, yes, I would absolutely jump at half an hour of you. And obviously, I watch a lot uh, of of comedy in Melbourne, and um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd jump at half an hour. But an hour, I'm like, I know this will drag on a bit. It's not your fault it's, as a comedian. It's like it's just a sort of a bit. I don't know. And I'd have to imagine it would take. To, to amass an hour worth of material would yeah. take fucking like, I don't know, years? Like Absolutely. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. But the funny thing is the way the festival uh, format goes in Australia is like you do the run. So you do Perth. Perth's on now, um, you know, and then there's Brisbane, which I think is ahead of, I think Brisbane's just ahead of Melbourne Comedy Fest and Adelaide Fringe, of course. And then there's Sydney Comedy Fest just after the um, Melbourne Comedy Fest. And that's sort of like the golden you know, go and get your money's worth uh, if you're a professional working touring comedian. Uh, so, and then the next year, new hour, please. You know, like a brand yeah. new hour. And it's just like, it'll take me, you know, f- I probably, uh, my, my my goal is to do an hour at this year's Melbourne Fringe and take it into next year's Melbourne Comedy Fest. Um, so that would have taken me, you know, four years of, of writing at least to, to get to. And it'll be shit. Like, it'll be padded out. You know, like, there will be some shit in there that I don't want in there, you know? Like, um, but, you know, and then the idea of doing that and then having to turn, just scrunch all that up, toss it in the trash, and then the next year, just do a new one is crazy to me, you know? 
I don't. Yeah, not unless it's been filmed yet. You know, with yeah, like oh, multicam yeah. and like absolutely it's packed and everyone's stoked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's the funny thing. Like some people, you know, they they get a bit catapult up to stardom because uh, they've got a good set or they, you know, they, they they do good in real comedy or whatever. And then you've got to back that shit up so quickly. You know, like I'm just like it's tough. It's tough to write. I imagine. Um, yeah. Anyway. So let's talk about the writing portion. Like how do you, where do you fit that in? Is that like a dedication for you that you like write every day or do you kind of like, you know, how does that work? Yeah, no, it's not, it's not an everyday thing. It should be um, one of those things. I'm a very big procrastinator. Um, I find, I find I write best when I've had a little jazz cigarette or something like that. It's just, it's often like just situations that just go into the phone, you know, like it's just the notes on the phone and then, um, and then just sort of expand that out. Uh, for me, I need to say it out loud, so I have to say it in my house. And you know, I grab a coffee and just like talk about it, and just think about like you know the next thing that would you know come after that, and where the where the head takes that. Um, so that's how I do it. And then I've just got to, and I'm trying to get rid of this. But when I first started, I was so nervous about public speaking, so I would have to just do so much repetition before the gig went on. And I find that sort of made me a bit robotic up up on stage. So now I'm trying to stop that. Like, know it well enough. Like, if you write it, handwrite stuff out, you remember it way better, I find. It might just be me, but um, yeah, yeah. So I write it out so I got it stuck in the memory and then be in the minute, you know, while on stage, try and be a bit more present. Mm. So you feel like it was, you were kind of doing these canned jokes that you, you know, like over-rehearsed? That's- yeah, yeah, over-rehearsed. Bit, bit like, you know, like just sort of a punchline, you know, um, which is not the style that I want to do comedy in at the moment, yeah. Yeah, I want to be a bit more loose, which is like the MC gigs. It's like I'm a bit more, you get an opportunity to talk to the crowd. There's not, often they, the audience don't think an MC is a comedian. So it's like you're a bit more, oh, he was actually, he was actually kind of funny. He should try comedy, you know? It's like, yeah. So people don't think the MC, like they just think often, they're just, they think they're just like a good public like speaker. Work at the venue or something. Like yeah. this is how the comedy's going to work. And I'm going to try a couple of things before I bring him on, you know? Like, I don't know what they. I don't know. I used to think that. Like I remember going and watching a Melbourne Comedy Fest roadshow up in Queensland and being like, the funniest guy was the presenter, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, obviously, dickhead. He was probably the best comedian. That's why they gave him the keys to be the MC. You know, I didn't know that then. Interesting. This is all stuff I'm learning now. Yeah, this is yeah. great. So we were at, speaking of um, the uh, the awkwardness of starting in comedy. We were at a raw comedy event for our mutual friend Alice. That she... Oh, did you go see Alice? Yeah, she got yeah, through, right? She got through. Yeah, sick, yeah. But man, there were some stinkers. Oh. And uh, it's really fun. And then like, it's it was really... so funny. It Real was comedy ex- is funny as fuck for that. Correct. Yeah. And it was funny. Our other mutual friend, Jaden Bath, previous uh, guest on the show, he was saying, he's like, oh, I don't know how you could do that awkwardness, man. I'm like, oh, I love it, dude. It's funnier because it's so bad. Like, I love it, yeah. Yeah, right? I went and watched a mate of mine last week. Uh, she was in uh, Real Comedy and... I fucking, I was like cringing. It was just down the roof of my house. And I was like, tell me when you're on, I'll come for that. Like, I don't even want to fucking sit through it. And then I got there and I was like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. There was a guy, he was like, I don't know, mid fifties, gets up there and he's wearing like a flannel cutoff, short denim shorts. He's like jacked weirdly, but like old jacked. And he's talking like just the shittest jokes about like rooting sheep. And it was just the weirdest, like, but... The whole thing didn't make sense. It was like this weird toxic mass dad and he was just doing like gay jokes and like he was getting rooted by the sheep and it was just, everything about it was fucking hilarious to me. I was just, like, it was so cringy that it was, I could not stop laughing. And there was like me and a few other people in the room that found it hilarious 
and like that's our cringe laughter and everyone else was like nah I'm not into this at all you know <laughs> and you need a really good MC to bring that shit back yeah 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 yeah. well the Raw as you know they don't do the MC really they just um, they sit on the side stage yeah pretty much yeah yeah because there's too many to, to MC it's just like this is this is a shit show I'm not even going to try and pretend it's not a shit show we're going to sit on the side stage and we'll, we'll do a bit at the top we'll of throw some tomatoes as well for yeah, here, yeah. Um, but there was one comedian that I found really funny because she was not funny or she wasn't really cracking the jokes but then she was talking about how she was really popular on tiktok oh this that's yeah and, and so it's like i love that there was like this justification of like hey you might not be laughing but like a Doesn't bunch matter. of people on tiktok think i'm funny and it's just like so <laughs> the internet gratifi- gratifies me that's that's all i need fuck Correct. you people <laughs> so that's my question is gonna say is like is the internet going to change comedy in that it's like it's going to bubble afire everyone like it has with politics and entertainment and everything else? Like, do you think, you know, like the the notion of a, a person who could work that one hour a room of people? Do you think that's going to get smaller and smaller as the kind of internet yeah. nicheifies everything? Absolutely. And maybe what I was saying before is the start of it. You know, people will start speaking like that. I don't know, but yeah, absolutely. The TikTok comedian is, it's well, it's already yeah, it's absolutely already happening. Like. There's people that are being catapulted uh, to, you know, TikTok success with a... Often they'll they'll do like a crowd work clip, you know? Ooh. So the, the, these things trend hard on TikTok is like, I'm talking to the audience and like they say something and then I say something witty back and then that sort of just goes viral, you know? Um, and then, yeah, yeah. You see like $4,000 worth of hardware at a four thousand dollars worth of video hardware at an open mic where there's four people there you know it's, it's just the whole thing's funny you know um but yeah i i think it will i mean i don't who the fuck knows but uh it's yeah it's already we're, there's a bunch of tiktok comedians that are starting doing stand-up um and it's it's cool like you know uh, but it's also i guess they're probably looking for something different to what i like like i said before i want to be able to be you know good at you know performing in a room that might suck or like you're just being able to put together a good the hour craft and be, of the, comedy yeah which know, just like, sounds like such a fuck with things like oh, i'm a purist i watch test cricket actually <laughs> fuck off <laughs> <laughs> oh big bash it's all for oh, the colors no nah, not for me I'm a, I'm a traditionalist actually uh shut the fuck up um no i don't play it no i don't play it and there's something purely because i think i'm uh I'm 33 year old dude. Like in my head, TikTok's like a weird little sexy kids game. And I'm like, I'm too old for this shit. You know, I don't even know what it is. Like people like this, like fucking videos of people setting up camp and like, you know, cooking stuff. I'm sure it's all great. But uh, oh, it's it's the stuff that sinks into Instagram reels. Like, yeah, the tiny cooking. I just, I got mesmerized watching like a dude hollow out a can and then put a lighter in it and then put a bit of oil on top of the can and cook a bit of meat on it. It's like, so, why am I watching this? Fuck what the this? fuck is this? I have a fry pan and a gas top oven, you know? Like, what the fuck? I don't need this. But I need to know if, if I'm in a survival situation, that's how I'm going to cook my tiny bit of steak. Yeah. <laughs> so in, in this survival situation, you've somehow got a tiny bit of steak. Like, none of it makes sense. Why have you got a fucking beer can? <laughs> and also, I don't have a cool Zippo lighter. So it's like, I'm yes. not even going to be able to fucking cook the thing. You know. Anyway, ridiculous. But I think we're in that bracket whatever this bracket is, the Gen Y bracket, we were looking up our, we we're looking up the age we things did. before. Yeah, we checked in. Because I can say Zoomers with disdain because they're not us. But yes. the the Gen Ys, us, I think it's like Instagram. It's like too old for yeah. TikTok, too young for Facebook bickering. Yes, yes, yeah. We will take the TikTok reels a week after they're released when they come through the Instagram feed. Thank you very much, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing. I I should be doing it absolutely. I probably will start doing some sort of 
yeah, I will start doing something on there. I think you sort of have to. It's It'd like be you- way easier doing a podcast, man. Yeah. Like, it might get you to success faster. Yeah. But let's start, well, what's success, though? You know, like, uh, the, <laughs> the goal is not to be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. The, my goal is to be TikTok famous. That's, that's <laughs> where I want to be. That is what I want to do. Isn't that like everything that kids say at school now when they're like, what they want to be when they grow up? They all want to be YouTubers and TikTokers and stuff? Yeah. Like, so it's like, that you know, sounds that like is... it was printed in the Australian. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I'm born into right wing propaganda. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, me and my grandma are going to get on fine then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck um hey well, let's talk about comedians so you know yes. I, usually when we have bands on i talk about influences and things like that comedy yes let's talk about your influences because um, obviously you know someone you know people said you were funny growing up so that's obviously like sinking yeah. in but it's like were you watching comedy were you absorbing it were you a comedy nerd no i wasn't a comedy nerd uh i certainly wasn't a comedy nerd i, I enjoyed it i mean every household had the carl Barron dvd in australia somehow of course how don't <laughs> I don't know how the fuck that worked. I think worked, that's how Sanity stayed that... in business for like until just recently by selling Carl Barron DVDs. Yeah, fuck unbelievable. Crazy. It's just, but it's also like this weird cultural thing where no other house had heard of any comedian. Like it was just he was this one dude that the whole of Australia had heard. Of. Like, oh, he was always at the end of the gala. Like that's when you knew they were good. If but you, I was in you know, Queensland, like, there was no. I didn't even know what the fucking gala was, man. Oh. Like it was just like as a kid, no way. You know, like it was just weird. Like there was like, you know, just. It's a Carl Barron DVD in the weirdest houses, you know, like in regional Queensland. How the fuck did he get to regional Queensland? I do not understand. <laughs> I suppose it was just Australiana humour that everyone could relate to, you know. I'm, yeah, I love Carl Barron. Don't get me wrong. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can even today you watch an old Carl Barron clip, you're like, fuck. I still think about every time, the, the one joke that always sits with me is we talk about the broken biscuit because that doesn't count as a full biscuit. And it's like, how did that's That just taps into the Australian zeitgeist so perfectly. So insane. How like every it. kid has yeah. said, that to their mum in Australia I think yeah, yeah, and I think that's genius you know and that's the one that always sticks but yeah he's a fucking great dude he's a great so, dude um, so Carl Barron obviously in yeah Carl I mean yeah when I was a kid I don't no offence to Carl but uh, no offence to the great man I don't keep up with what he's up to these days um uh, but no, no. Then, dude, he retired on an island by selling. There was a one DVD in a red shirt, and then there was like a one DVD in like a purplish blue yes. shirt. I reckon, yeah. and that's like he's bought an island or something. He'd have to. I wonder how much money he's. Yeah, I mean, Carl's he's have to be banked. You know, um, and this is pre-internet too. I feel like, yeah. like I mean, the fact that he's selling physical media, it's insane. <laughs> like, it's insane. Oh, I don't know what a Carl Barron DVD costs. It was probably like twenty bucks, though. You know, yeah, like a good nineteen ninety nine. It was such a good present for dad. Like it was just the the ultimate present for dad at Christmas. You know, like I was like, what do you get your dad? You know, he's I a bit misunderstood. Could, yeah. He's a bit quiet. You know, oh, he likes to laugh. Front page of a Christmas catalog for like a JB Hi-Fi or Sanity. I think that's going to drive like. <laughs> 90% of dad sales, you know. <laughs> so good. And the 10%, the rest is body shop. Yeah. Just like, fuck you present. He was the present before Bunnings gift vouchers <laughs> were, were presents, you know. It was like he's been overtaken by the yeah, Bunnings oh, dude, gift voucher. When, I wonder when gift vouchers became more <laughs> socially acceptable to just... Well, it was after good. he didn't release a third DVD. They were like, he's coming to another one? We're going to get this kind of fucking <laughs> gift voucher. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're waiting for a green shirt, Carl Barron. Never yeah. came. Yeah. Jerk. Um, so anyway, so Carl Barron. What else? Carl, so like, yes, Carl was, Barron. Was there a, a comedian that like you saw that you were like, "Fuck, I want to do that," or like, "Oh, uh, yeah." More recently, uh, like growing up, uh, you know, younger days, watching as a sort of twenties, obviously loved Wilfred Burr, uh, bald man, ginger beard, lot to relate to. Um, still do like he's still like I'm a bit like. 
This last special, you were a bit like, all right, man, just fucking does every fucking special have to start with a get after cancel culture? You're just like, wait, well, I'm so sick of hearing about it, bro. Uh, but they all feel like they have to do that now. But anyway, you know, I won't tell Bill Burr what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but then he just goes, like his points about his life, like when he talks about his life, I just love it. I just think he's so fucking good at being a negative old man. You know, like he's just the best at it. Um, Carlin's yeah, you can't great, fault you know? him because he's so smart and funny that yeah. you're like, well, that's the way. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you, you can't live any other way because yeah. everything else sounds stupid in your point of view. You know, <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like, yeah, and he just, yeah, it just he hits it. He just every time you're like, spot on, literally spot on. Uh, it's yeah. just funny and it's spot on. Um, there's a guy, there's an Australian guy who I absolutely love. Um, his name is Damien Power, and he he's from Brisbane. Um, Maybe from Queensland. I don't know where he's from, but he's definitely Queensland. He's maybe Gold Coast. I'm not sure, but um, he's fucking unbelievable. He's my favorite, my favorite comedian. Uh, just, just so funny. Just like he, yeah, just the way he delivers his jokes, and he's sort of attacking Australiana culture a little bit, but also like sort of making fun of himself at the same time because he's kind of it. You know, he's a part of it. You know, so. And you were seeing him when you were getting into comedy. When I started you- getting into comedy, I was like, oh, that's a that's one that you're like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be anywhere near in the conversation of. You know, like wow. he's, he's he's yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah. Maybe one day you'll get to play a set with him that he won't see, and then you can put his name on a fly. The other day, the other day, I've done it. I, uh, the other day, I was uh, I was running a gig. A friend of mine was away, and I was running a gig at um, the Rochi in Fitzroy, and uh, he is friends with a mutual friend of ours, a guy named Ben Knight, who's also an amazing comedian and he uh he messaged me he's like can damien power get on tonight and he's like my fucking hero i was like absolutely damien power can get on tonight um so he gets there and he's like uh, and i was like is it chill if we like create a tile on instagram just to say that damien power is going to be there because he's you know he's a pretty big deal and uh, it's nice to you know promote the show etc so we did that um and he gets there and he's like uh he's like uh comes up to me he's like how long can i do and i was like as long as you want, man. Like I don't, I don't care. You know, like I'm, I'm giddy that you're here. You know, <laughs> but I'm trying to play it cool. You know, uh, and then he comes out like he like goes away, and then he comes up. Just I'm the MC, and just before I'm about to bring him on, he comes up and he's like, uh, "Hey, man, can you not like just introduce me as anyone? Like, don't give me any credits or anything. Just, just come up and be like, the next guy is Damien Power." And I looked at him and I was like, "I fucking wasn't gonna, man. Get over yourself." <laughs> Just, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> and he loved it. He was just like sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny. Um, and um, yeah, yeah. And then I, I did that. And I was just like, yeah, it's Damien Perry. And he, he's like walking up. He's like, what, no credits, cunt? As he walks past me. So good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, so there's a meta level to the comedy as well. There's like, you know, there's there's that level where it's like you want to be looked uh, uh, up to by other comedians as well by like playing that in those moments because it's like that's yeah. only for you right that's only being funny for you no, yeah totally yeah you're not hoping yeah. you're gonna come on a podcast and tell this fucking story no <laughs> no not at all yeah yeah and I, I guess i just saw this tiny little thing to like make him laugh you know like i was just like if yeah. i just be a bit of a dick here and be a bit smart like and if he's chill he'll take it the right way and he obviously did like he was just like funny you know like he was just like had a giggle and then he gave and then he gave it back like a bit of spice back i was like oh yeah yeah, I'm just bantering with old, you know. Like, <laughs> also, like, a lot of the, my friends know him. Like, a lot of the people I hang out with are, like, real good mates with him. So, it's weird that I talk about him like he's this fucking enigma. <laughs> it's like, like, a lot of my friends are just like, oh, that's just a dude, man, you know. Like, which he obviously he is, you know. It's really funny. But that, that yeah, the idolization of people, it's so funny. Mm. It's the same in the music world as well, you know. It's like dudes that 
walk the same streets of Melbourne, but then, you know, they go into a bar and they're wearing that leather jacket. It's like, oh my God. You yes. Know? It's yeah, like, yeah. it's just a guy. It is funny. Yeah. Cause, and especially in comedy, cause we're also like, you know, we're all fucked. You're like, you know, like everyone's like socially awkward or whatever. So <laughs> you see some crusher. Bags of neuroses. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you see some crusher and you're just like, in the real world, and you're like, oh, you're just a, just a bit of a dorky old fella, aren't you? Or like, you know, you're just a, bit of a fucking dork, aren't you? You know? It's really funny. Um, it's really funny. I hope people see me as a dork. Um, no one would ever recognize. One time I got recognized. It was one time in my life. When? Where? It was at um, the cafe in Thornbury. I, I did a spot. Uh, I did like a feature spot um, a week before in this club in South Melbourne. And I, I did really well. It was like a fucking... Afterwards, I was like, oh, I crashed. That was like a really good gig for me. And um, and then a week later, this woman in Thornbury, I was at a cafe with my brother. And she was like, hey, are you a comedian? And I was like, just hitting him. I'm just like, look at this, motherfucker. Yes. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she was like, oh, I saw you at... Um, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the venue. Oh, the Rubber Chicken. Uh, and she was like, "So you Rubber Chicken uh, last Friday?" And I was like, yes, "That's like the fucking best I've ever done." You know, I was like, "Yes." She was like, "It was really good. It was really so funny." And I was like, "Oh, thank you so much." Um, and then I just, I was, I wish it was with like not my brother. Like I wish it was with a girl or something. Like you know what I mean? Like, I just wish it was with someone. I was like, my brother doesn't care, you know. And I could hit them with the old uh, "happens all the time." You know? <laughs> Yeah. That's too good. Um, all right, what else? Do we, what else do we talk about? Uh, other comedians. Come on, we haven't really dug into no, that. No, so. no, we haven't dug into it. Um, like you watching, like you know, do you watch a lot of comedy because you have to kind of like soak it all yeah, in to sit, yeah, and you don't do want to make sure you take someone's joke by accident. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah, so- uh, I, I watch. Um, oh yeah, no, you sort of don't worry too much. The topics are all the same, man. Like you know, we talked about uh, before we started recording, like ADHD is everywhere, and like you know, it's almost too late for me to try and even do a joke about because there's five other comedians that I know that are doing a bit about how ADHD is so prevalent right now. You know, like... Alice did a bit about it during the Royal Comedy Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My mate Ferg's got a great bit about it. Um, And it's like, it's just... Every topic will be discussed. It's it's more your your take on it. Like don't yeah yeah don't rip someone off. But like you can't. I, I don't think anyone can like you know take a topic for themselves. Um, yeah yeah. It's like I only talk about this as a comedian. Like yeah it's yeah yeah. Right. Uh, and this you know it's when things trend you know socially or whatever then it's it's going to be talked about on stage. So it's you know just have a better take than the other person. I guess is the <laughs> fucking tip. <laughs> oh. Um, Another comedian that I absolutely love, she's uh she's an American uh best selling. Uh she's really good. She's I think she's grossly underrated. She's she's doing great. She's on Netflix. Like she's she's doing so she's rated. But um I don't know, I just feel everyone's like everyone's yeah. got a Netflix special now though. Yeah, right? she's like, in like, like the stand ups or whatever, like the thirty yeah. minute series one. But everyone does like Netflix special lost its uh exclusivity, I think, in the last couple of years. And um, it's hard to keep up with them all now. You I don't know, know who I mean? like, fucking any of these people. I feel are, like yeah. ba- back in the day when you get a Netflix comedy special, it was like a big deal and, and yeah. it would be like the front page you watch it. It's like now I feel like they're pumping one out every week and they don't even yeah, they come don't in even the algorithm anymore. Yeah. You know? yeah, they don't yeah, they don't even get on the like the headline banner of like freshly released. You know, they're just, they're just back there somewhere. Buried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, Beth, Beth Six, she, uh, she's, she's a really funny sort of, um, good anecdote, like just good jokes, just like really, um, I don't know, just good takes on everything. Uh, I also have like an, uh, an, like a crush on her because she, um, in the lockdown, like the first gig I did back out of, out of lockdown, we did down in, in Geelong, uh, and it was at a winery and the, uh, because Melbourne was still in lockdown. I was living down in Janjuk and uh, Melbourne's still in lockdown and this dude, this like booker, he usually books like Husey and like big acts 
but he couldn't get access to them. So he found out that we were living down there. I can't even remember how, Tess and I. And uh, he booked us uh, for this gig at the winery and they wanted to do a, a shoot. The Geelong advertiser wanted to do a shoot like to promote it because, you know, things are coming back. It's post-COVID, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the, we had to go down and do, uh, me and uh, my mate Ellen, another comedian, she and I had to go and do a photo shoot at the winery. And the guy who's the photographer for the Geelong advertiser, He's like, um, there's probably just one guy, <laughs> dude. Honestly, the way this fucking Mar and Parva business looked, it was fucking the shittest article I've ever read in my life. And this is, the, I haven't even told you about the photos. You're like, wait till you hear this. So he's like, we're at the winery. I'm like, I don't know. What do you want us to like? We just stand here. Like, is there a microphone? Like, I don't know. Like, we'll just stand in front of a barrel, maybe. And he's like, yeah, it's just like it's not really funny. Like, we got to oh, do something funny. Can you hold a rubber chicken or something? Like, dude, he's like, uh, why don't why don't you put the wine glasses over your ears? And I was like, because that wouldn't. I'm not the umbilical brothers can't like. No, that won't be funny. <laughs> <laughs> This is why. Uh, and he's like, nah, just do it. And like, you could lay back and she could be pouring wine on you. Like, like pretending like the bottle's closed. And I'm like, again, it's just like kind of hacky. Like, I was just like, it's not really my scene. Like, but I like, I don't have any power in like, I'm just been booked to do this show. And the guy's like, just fucking do it. You know? Like, uh, so he's like, just do the, do the wine ears thing. And I like, he was like, I won't print it. Like, we'll just get a few different ones. I won't print it. And then like the next day he's printed, in the in the advertisement of me holding two wine glasses over my ears and Ellen like fake pouring a bottle of wine over me, and I was wearing in the photo shoot I was wearing uh, some Beth Stelling merch like just her shirt that she released in her you know online merch that I bought and um and I did a post on Insta about it and it was just like this guy wanted to do the wine ear shot I told him it wouldn't be funny. And he was like, no, I'll just take one and I won't print it. And then the next day he fucking printed it. And this is just like another reason you can't trust mainstream media or whatever. You know, I was just having a joke. And then, but I tagged, and I was like, oh, thanks, Beth Stelling, and tagged her for the drip. And uh, she replied and she put it on her story. She uh, replied, was like, this is so funny. Thanks for tagging me. And then put it on her story. was like, look at this. And I was like, holy shit, me and Beth, you know? And obviously we've been extremely close ever since. <laughs> Huge tour booked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's supporting me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but that must be good too, right? Like the internet connectivity. Of the people. internet is yeah. sick for that. Yeah, it is funny. Like, well, um, so you got to get some more stuff on TikTok now. I, I know. I got to get because what if she there. saw some of that stuff and thought you were funny? I know. I know. I got to get like, and you got to strike while the iron's hot with that shit. You know, like I can't message her now that I started with TikTok. I'm like, oh, two years ago, <laughs> two years ago, I fucking tagged you on Instagram. She'll be like, right, I mate. <laughs> Has um, she got any new clothes to buy? Yeah, yeah. He also, Beth, is there any new shirts out? I wouldn't want some more merch, actually. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Um. <laughs> I'll come down with uh, some cameras to the next open mic and I'll yes, just get a bunch yeah, of lights. Get down there and do yeah. your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bring a professional videographer and I'm just like, hey, sir, what do you do for work? <laughs> oh, lawyer, crazy. Oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the bit is. <laughs> you don't know what the person's job is. So um, it's, like, you know. it's true. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, And there's just like, yeah. The kids these days, they're trying to get that and they're just like, this is my ticket to fame. It's like, mate, just turn up to your fucking open mics and just bomb like the rest of us, you know? <laughs> just fucking suck, will you? It's always, that's definitely the kind of job of the youth, isn't it? To think they can kind of like 
circumnavigate the old. It's like, and then just I, waste I a couple of years being like, yeah. oh, yep, yeah, no, you just got to fucking do the work. Yeah, huh? absolutely. Well, it's just, it tastes in anything. It's like in fitness, you know, like people are just like, how do you fucking get jacked without working out? And you're like, you don't, you just work out, bro. Yeah. You know, like it's just, it's just anything. Everyone's always looking for like that little, like, what's the secret pill? Uh, you know, like I take big dick pills, but that's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> and it worked. No, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> It's crazy. Like, I find that uh, the the hair, like well, you and I, are both bald kings, the bald dudes. Yes. Um, the Did you my, say kings, bald kings. Yeah, yeah. It's bald, bald kings. That's good. It's that's a bald a- king summer. Last summer was a hot girl summer. This summer's a bald king summer. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! This is great. Yeah. I didn't know. Did, well, I just made did, it up. Did, so. One of the Hank's sons. Did, uh, he he was the one who declared it was going to be a, a white boy summer. Was he? Who not? did that? Chet Hanks, not Colin Hanks. That the the crazy one. I don't know who either of those people are. <laughs> <laughs> With a last name Hanks, who do you think they would be? Tom's kids. Yeah. Uh, so you know the one that got in trouble for like speaking with the Rastafarian accent no. on like the red carpet or whatever. No. Or whatever Which they're not the guy from like from Dexter. And nah, 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 uh, nah, nah. He's the nor- he's like the normal. he's the normal one. Yeah, he's yeah. like Tom's proud of him, you know, right. in the acting game, just like his dad. The other one's like a wild man, and I think right. he was the one who declared White Boy Summer all those <laughs> moons ago. You can't be saying that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the is PC it, oh, police have come for another one. Hey, oh, Tom Hanks' son is no one bloody safe. <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyway, so fuck. Board um, King Summer. Anyway, this is what I was talking about is the... Oh, I was on my big dick pill rent. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. But like my brother, he's on... Uh, I'm sure we might be telling people, but he's on the pills. Like he's on the medication to stop the hairline from going uh. back. And I'm like, I'm sure... You know, it probably works a bit, but it's also like it is in big dick pill territory. You know what I mean? Like it's just like it seems so new that ma- like do we know enough about it? Like what are the? It's just it's like know. Agent Orange. It's like we just don't yeah. know what it's going to do to us. Like yeah. years down the line. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, <laughs> no, this is going to be vaccine for me. <laughs> What's it going to do in a few years? My heart swelled up. Uh- <laughs> Oh shit! I've done my own research on dick pills and yeah, pills. Yeah, I've done my, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I've done my own research on bald pills, and, you, and it's just me being bitter about being bald too early and didn't, I, didn't have a chance to take them. <laughs> I think, it, funnily enough, I had like a different reaction to baldness that I actually quite enjoyed. That it was like my first step towards mortality because, as you know, a young yes. male, yes, kind of think you're invincible. You, do. you don't need to pay for health insurance. Yes, you can do some dumb shit and it'll be fine. And then. Losing hair is that first step in like, oh, fuck, I'm going to die. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the and fucking... In, and then in that moment, you can be free and just be like, oh, fuck, well, eventually, like, I'm going to be eaten by worms. So who gives a shit if there's hair on my head or not? I'll just shave it off. Like... Yeah, yeah. Th- it was a, it, it felt quite monk-like or punk rock militant. It you is, know? It was yeah. Like, it's sick. It just kind of makes you... Well, it frees up a ton of space in your head. <laughs> like, on top of your head, any... Because, like, I remember I used to walk past a mirror or, like, a window and look at it and be like, is it... Does it look like I'm going? And then I just went. I just shaved it, you know, relatively early into the going ball. Like I was probably just receding for a year, which doesn't sound that early. But you've seen some cunts out there with some Ooh, fucking. Oh yeah, you do. <laughs> Oof. Um. Yeah. So I and and after I did that, I was just like, well, I know I look the same every fucking day, so I don't have to keep, you know, like glancing in the to, oh, to worry man. about it. You and know? I'm such a fan of that. Like, especially over the last couple of years, I've started to, you know. Up especially post COVID, you're like, who gives a fuck what I look like? Yeah. Like yeah. pre that, it'd be like, oh, 
better not wear this shirt out because I wore it to the last gig and people Is that might... right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, you think like that. I certainly did. Yeah. Um, maybe I thought you and me were both as neurotic as each I'm other. As, I'm maybe... as neurotic. Uh, the shirt thing, I wouldn't... <laughs> yeah, I probably would care about it. I'd be more... Yeah, I, I cared more about the hair or stuff. Or like, also, you know. uh, my best buddy, Matt, he was also a big guy about that. Where he would always be like, I can't wear this shirt to this gig. I can't do that. So I think maybe I thought like that because he thought like that maybe Right, well. but yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but the fact that he was thinking about it, it meant that I was like... Maybe if other people are thinking about it too, I better not think, you know. Yes. But then you stop giving it, oh, I mean, COVID fucking kicked that right in the ass. Yeah. You're like, I don't give a fuck now. Like, I'll yeah. just wear whatever. Yeah. Where were you can fit into. Yeah. Where were you can fit into. Yeah. Fuck it. My theory is as well is that everyone has a mental image of you looking in the one outfit that you wear, right? They're never going to be thinking, oh, Alex Keane, he's always wearing different outfits. Like, they think totally. of you in some generic outfit. T-shirt, jeans guy, whatever. So yeah. now I just lean into that. I just wear the same shit all the time. So yeah. then people's thoughts are exactly make what it, they yeah, imagine. Yeah, make it easy for them. Yeah. Also, I think there's something really funny about being like a Bart Simpson character who wears the same thing every time. <laughs> like, like I think if someone like was Carl just like, every time I see you, you wear that white shirt with the blue writing on it. <laughs> be like yeah it's this thing i'm doing where i only wear one shirt out <laughs> i'd be like that's fucking hilarious that is so funny to me get down with it for sure yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely get down with so it. anyway what else have you kind of uh shed as you enter this new bracket of life that kind of COVID forced you into 30 33 year old man uh what have i shed i've shedded um yeah i think the big thing was like wanting to to progress in a in a more of a superficial way in the in the stand-up world i was just like hellbent on it i was like you know I, if i was doing a gig and there was someone there that ran a room i'd be like i gotta do my good stuff tonight instead of like trying to do new stuff to build a new out like to build a new you know show oh, or whatever so, so you, you almost get, get stuck head, in a loop doing a loop yeah. yeah yeah so i've gotten really gotten gone away with that uh which is nicer um and yeah, I just think I, I'm trying to be a bit of a better adult in um, in a lot of ways. I went and uh, just started seeing a new therapist, which is it was great, going really well. Um, shout out to my boy Jamie, <laughs> listener of the show, big fan of the pod. Uh, <laughs> Next session, you'll be like, "I did this great podcast. You check it out." Yeah, yeah. Really it's funny. Like, Jamie's like our age too, which is so funny to me because I'm just sitting there just throwing my fucking problems at him and he's just looking at me. I'm just like, Can't, you're probably younger than me. This is fucked. Right? That's, that's <laughs> next, next level neuroses when you're worried about what your psych <laughs> thinks about you. <laughs> I better watch what I say. I don't want my psych to think I'm a fucking yeah, weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still cool though, bro. You don't think I'm a deadbeat or anything. Like I leave the session. Like, you don't think I'm a fucking loser or anything here, bro. Like you're fucking... If you had a hot female friend, you set me up with her, yeah? <laughs> Just yeah, like, totally cross totally, all those bro. boundaries to me, bro. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're like buds. Like, yeah, we're, we're basically like, you do this if I didn't pay you, yeah? <laughs> you just start a Facebook chat and just stop paying. Just, yeah. <laughs> just evolve to friends now. Yeah, put in my favourites. He, uh, <laughs> he has double fleshies, which I'm like, bro, interesting look. Uh, haven't seen it in a while. Like, like sort of like, not big fleshies, uh, just like dark, like bigger than the standard earring and they're like, big black circles in the ear oh you, you're like a like a like a emo style that's talk, emo like a, like style a tunnel, like, like a, a dashboard confessional mm-hmm. sort of a, yeah he's yeah. got he's got a couple of them he's huh? got a couple of them rocking them in a business shirt on his personal couch yeah how, how big is the gauge you reckon like as a, a sensible gauge or it's hard to say he does a lot analyzing me he doesn't give me much time to analyze him you know i don't like, i'm like what's your deal with your earrings over there jamie hey, enough about me um but he's fucking expensive so i gotta keep it on track <laughs> i gotta keep it on me <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know because it's hard because he's wearing the business shirt. You know, he lives 
you know, I know where he lives because I go to his house. So you can <laughs> you can make an assumption about someone where they live, can you? Yeah, I know what suburb he's in. I feel like I should probably not mention that. How <laughs> <laughs> much can I give away about Big James? Uh, <laughs> He's like keeping all my stuff confidential. I didn't sign that agreement. Does not go both ways, fuckhead. Let's <laughs> just read out his address. <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyway, fuck Big Jam. Um, Big Jam. Um, so, so you think that? A, 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 I think the same part. I think that's maybe it came because of COVID. Maybe it was going to come regardless. But that shedding of that skin, like uh, yes. Grant Morrison, one of my favorite writers, got a bunch of his books up there. He um, talks about when you're like young and you're like dressing goth and you're wearing like a trench coat or whatever when you're in your 20s you're trying to fucking walk with that swoosh it's like a it's like a scaffolding that goes up around the building and then eventually the the, the columbine kind of scaffolding comes off and right. then you are the person that you are right you are ah oh, you are the person internally that you sort of created within that uh, frame yeah. the scaffolding is the framework I guess yeah so it's like it's the like you, all the these, armor yeah, yeah the, the armor, armor and term, then it's like yeah. once you get older you're like I don't need to be wearing all this fucking shit this no. is ridiculous like yeah. I can't be wearing a fucking trench coat anymore you know, you know I never yes. wore a trench coat but you know what I mean like, yeah, no, it's a metaphorical I, trench coat I get that I struggle with vanity I um, yeah the hair stuff I, I care about how I look I, I, I care about um, you know how I perceive how people perceive me and, and that sort of stuff so yeah it's um I was certainly not there, but I would love to be liberated where I don't give a fuck about anything. But then, but that means you don't do stand up anymore. That's what they, you know. That's just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that, always the an ego that drives. Yeah. There's yeah. always that little bit that's like, you know, that's recording this podcast right now and making me edit it and put it on the internet yes, and like yeah. repay for fucking Podbean. You know, like it's all yeah. those little things where you know you got to use it. You need correctly. It. Yeah, like it's, yeah. But like you said, without it, fuck. What do you do? It's like. Jerry You're in Seinfeld. London as fuck. You're in a fucking monastery, you know, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, he talks about, Jerry Seinfeld talks about like, you know, why do, you know, men go to the moon or why do they do anything? It's like, you know, it's like you need that drive. Otherwise we fucking yeah. still smashing sticks around on the earth. And, like, yeah. No, we wouldn't but have phones. <laughs> but you don't want too much. Like you don't want Elon's amount of drive. You know what I mean? Like you just like that. That is problematic drive. Uh, that yeah, is, yeah. Yeah. Just stop. Like don't give too much power to one person, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Fuck, it's such a funny dude. Like, I was just reading a bit about him in this uh, this book that I'm reading. And it's like, it was from 2018 when there was, it was written back then when he was, and the guy's like, the whole premise is the uh, prepping for the apocalypse. It's like notes from the apocalypse. And he's like going to like these space conventions where they're going to go and colonize Mars and live in Mars. And Elon's just like the figurehead back then, obviously, because, you know, that was what he's re- always been real into. And uh, even this dude, he's an Irish dude, and he's just like, you can tell that this motherfucker is a psychopath, you know? Like, and he is. He's a fucking psycho. I don't know enough about him, but I know a psycho when I see one, Rory. I fucking know one, mate. Because <laughs> the whole deal about when you get to Mars is they can make their own laws and shit, that's, right? It's the whole, that's all it's based around is the fucking, is the law. And <laughs> she's like, it's so problematic. <laughs> um, yeah, they're just basically like, they want to not be governed. And yeah. we'll, we'll govern themselves, but... Sounds. Horribly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never has that gone pretty, well yeah. in the history hey, of the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the never in the history of the world has that gone well, but could work on Mars. Hey, yeah, maybe could work maybe. on Mars. Whole new thing, you know? They can create a whole. New it's life. crazy. They'll go somewhere with it. Like we need to, f- like, how, how bad do you want it? It's like, well, bad enough that we need to figure out how to export oxygen there. So, like, you know, pretty fucking bad actually. Like, Jesus Christ, mate, just learn to live around here. It's not that bad. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> It's yeah, you could probably change some laws in a country, you know, just like take over a country. Go and like buy an island. Yeah. Go and buy an island. They're for sale. There's heaps of islands for sale. 
I look into it now and then, you know? Sometimes, did you ever see those Instagram things? It's like, there's an island off Zimbabwe that's selling for 400000 You could live there. Like, and they're like, it's got no electricity. Like, what the fuck? Why is this on my Instagram? <laughs> Jesus It'll be Christ. underwater in like 20 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're just like, just Bangladesh, this time of year. It's not waterfront now, but it will be by December. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Mm. Where do we go now after the kind of know. nihilistic sadness of the... Of the of the reality, yeah. Um, well, it's like what are you, what are you you've you've changed a bit. Like you're coming back into this. Tell me about this. So you what? Why now? Why have you relaunched into the pod? You've had two years off. You you oh. come out of the you come out of the wilderness. This is fun. I don't usually get asked questions yeah. on my podcast. Yeah, this is a whole new thing. Ad, we're Ooh, here. Yeah. I guess we probably should discuss it on the pod. It'd yeah. be a great time doing episode one. I'm not going to do it youngs from now. But uh, <laughs> this poor bastard's got to sit through fucking sixty minutes of my <laughs> shit to hear it. <laughs> Cut this about. Mm. Um, that's a. It's a really good question. When when I couldn't get it out of my head after we talked about it, and I was like, I I wondered, as you do when you get COVID lockdown, you question everything you do. Why did I? Why am I here? Why am yeah. I doing this? Why yeah. have I made all these interests that I can't do now? Why? You know, whatever it is, and I guess I couldn't really figure out why I was still doing it. Mm. And I guess a lot of the re- like you said, the vanity armor I guess that's on in your twenties makes you want to do a lot of things. Yeah, and I think that. I'd certainly felt that in the music scene, it's like, well, I don't play music, but I'm really interested and I like talking to people. Maybe that can be my contribution. I can like, you know, talk to people, you know, about their craft or whatever. And then over lockdown, they kind of just lost their energy because we all lost our energy, musicians, creative people, whatever. Like we're all this kind of crisis. And I found interviewing people at that time was just like really weird. And like, I couldn't really... I didn't have my own like kind of emotional balance to be like, yeah, this is all great. Let's talk about the world like it's not fucked right now. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah. The- what have you been doing? You been doing Zoom gigs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a couple of jokes now. Uh, really uh, so like, yeah, I guess I just kind of like lost that interest in it, and I kind of didn't realize I, I couldn't. The reason why I started the podcast was because I did one before this with with best friend Matt. Yes, Matt Cleary. If you're listening, buddy, what's up? Is um, that is that Matt? For, is that Lockhart Matt? No. no. What's his name? Uh, who, who was it? Lockhart. The dude you oh, used Sam. to... Sam. Sam. Rory and Sam. Yes. Yeah, Sam's yes. my Lockhart husband for yes. sure. And I was the new girl on the scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone was talking about it. I was like, who's Rory with that young thoddy? What is up? Quick sidebar here, listeners. So Sam and I went to all the Lockharts together. <laughs> Sorry, and then when yeah. I And when I went to this last one without Sam, everyone's like, where's Sam? Is he coming? <laughs> and I was like... Yeah, no, he's coming. He's coming like tomorrow. Relax. Like, but it was like this big thing. Like we'd split. Yes, yeah, it was yeah, really cute. yeah. And I inserted myself as like the new young, uh, like the the new girl on the scene. You know, like I was his new. You know, like his got me lo- a clamping tent. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Threw some money at him. You know, <laughs> come right. here, come here, little sugar daddy situation. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden they're, they're like, "Oh, are you gonna come hang with us?" I'm like, "No, I'm hanging with my sugar daddy now." Yeah. And that's pretty much how it was. It was a good time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're just sitting out in the bathtub up in the chateau. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry, um, about, uh, anyway, so yes. jumping back out of the Lockhart story, back into Matt. So I did the podcast with Matt Kiesel on the podcast for yes. years, and then when he was like, oh, "I'm gonna not gonna do this anymore," I'm like, "Well, I don't want to do the same thing." Yeah, I, I, I don't want to do keep going without him. You know, it's like recasting Rick and Morty with uh, yes. different voices. Yes, Will Ferrell is Steve Carell's office character. Yeah. Yes, so yes. um, so I decided to start my own thing, but then I only really started it because I did it before because we did it together and it was just a thing. So it was kind of like, why do you do this? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then I guess with you know years of thought now, it's like oh, 
the reason why I like to do it and the, the thing that sparked it up again was like going back out and getting back out there and talking to people when you're pissed at the pub and being like, oh fuck, this is a really good conversation. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, I totally. should be recording this. Yeah. And then that, that kicked back in a little bit, you know, with a few conversations out and about when I was a bit pissed and, you know, like mm. thinking, oh fuck, I should say that again. Uh, you know, and then, but then the problem is because you haven't done it for so long, I don't want to be like, oh yeah, you should come on the podcast and then like, I got to, you know, so then because you haven't done it is a great reason to not do it. And totally. then I just kind of like, yeah push that feeling down every time I was like chatting to someone about whatever that you're like oh like even fuck when you and I and Alice were talking about like you know White Lotus and things just you know chilling that camp more yeah. I was like, this should be a fucking podcast you absolutely know? that was so, a great conversation so yeah. it's those yeah it's those moments where she's you she's a G like, yeah she'll have to come on the show you gotta get on the show she's a fucking G yeah I, I really enjoyed she better win the next her. heat of raw comedy otherwise she's not coming on <laughs> oh bro that is interesting you get through one level fuck off you know like <laughs> it's so impressive it's so yeah she's sick um <laughs> So anyway, that was those kind of moments. And it's like, you just can't deny it at a certain point. It's like, fuck, I've got all the gear. I probably should do it. It'll make me feel better. And I was saying to Mal about like, in my kind of retrospective kind of thing, it's like, it's a really good excuse to get people over to the house. Yeah. Get them to come out west, yeah. have a drink. Come and hang. Get yeah. some dinner. And then it just builds that friendship that yeah, like, you totally. would never get, especially at gigs when you can never talk to someone without like, you know, in between, yes. you know, songs. And it's like, you're yelling in one person's you know yeah uh, yeah or group situation lock, yeah, too yeah. you know like someone else is there and it's like oh you know yeah so it's it's a quality conversation so it's, was that that i definitely realized i was missing is like yeah fuck i don't really bring people over to the house it used to just be when i was podcasting that friends would come over you know and you'd chat and you'd have this really nice night and it'd be like yeah. this weird separate you know adventure that you i wasn't having and i just realized i was you know needed to kind of top that back up totally yeah i think that's that's a, a great reason to do it i think it's really cool i think what you said at the start where you were like uh, i don't play i love the music scene i don't play but i want to be in and like interviewing people is my contribution i think that's such a sick contribution because you know people have all got a different story to tell and it's like and and people want to know more about their favorite musician or whoever that person may be yeah and you're you're like the conversations we've had over the years uh, you're a very good conversationalist oh thanks man so it's like it's a perfect way for you to like to hone that and then yeah exactly you know? yeah. and that's the thing like uh, my whole life i was that kid who never shut the fuck up so it's like yeah well it makes sense that you know and i did radio like community radio in geelong before that before yeah. podcasting and stuff uh a big fan of russell brand in my early 20s so it's like i read his book and i was like fuck bro he's got it sorted heroin get famous instantly cut yourself on stage marry Sex addict. Sex yeah. Don't forget the sex addict. Bit. Don't forget the sex addict. Oh, yeah. Don't forget yeah. the now cooling off and turning into a meditative yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. He's little basically shack. a shaman now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in his little wizard hole. Oh, so good. I so, love him. Um, yeah, I kind of followed that for sure. Love him in Memorandum. Oh, yeah, show. dude. Yeah. So, like, I was a big fan yeah, of all that back and, well. Yeah, all that stuff and him kind of like, oh, yeah, maybe I could do that. Like, just be a dickhead who talks and, like, yeah. that's, that's like your job. That seems pretty cool. Like, following, like, presenting or radio or anything where it's like, fuck, well, you talk already. You may as well just do that. Yeah, yeah. So I guess in terms of skills and 10,000 hours and stuff, yeah, I guess talking and doing this stuff has always kind of been around. Yeah. But I guess it evolves as technology evolves and as people evolved and as entertainment evolves as well. You know, you couldn't imagine doing this fucking 10 years ago. No, not at all. Yeah, that's like the old... Uh the kids want to be TikTok and YouTube. It's just like, and the teachers are like, that's not a fucking thing. You know, like, it's like, yeah, just, it, it is. <laughs> it absolutely is a thing. Um, and it's cool. It's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a cool format. I think, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun little thing to do and to get people out here, this beautiful house and sunshine. Jesus Christ. Stop flexing on the house, man. You're overselling it. It's, it's lovely. 
if for anyone listeners who haven't been to this fucking house, uh, I'll, I'll give away Jamie's address, my psychiatrist, <laughs> and I'll give away Rory's. I am. A, do not tell me where you live. I'll tell everyone. Send weird packages <laughs> to this address. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it is nice. I think that there's been a bit of a mythology built up around this place across the podcast over the years. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It makes it feel like people listening thinks it's way cooler than it is. It's pretty it's cool. Pretty I think, cool yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I think you're underselling it. I think it's pretty cool. It's a man who lives in a dog box in Fitzroy. This is, you know, I'm out here. I'm in the trees. You got the, you got the fire pit. You got the barbecue area. There's two floors, everyone. This is motherfucker's got two floors. Two there's, floors. There's a porch. Uh, <laughs> anyone doesn't know Rory drives a Ute, which surprised me when I first got. I was like, you, you're not a Ute guy. Gee whiz, a Holden, Colorado. You reckon? Oh my god. <clears throat> The Southern Cross sticker on the back. No, that's not the back. Everything's true with the Southern Cross sticker. Everything else I said was true. Hey, there is a triple R sticker on the back of there that is car. A triple like R. a good. Well, that's West how I Melbourne knew. Hipster. That's how I knew it was your house because I pulled up. I'm like, I don't know about this Colorado, and then I was like, Oh, triple R's definitely here. We used to joke that's how they let you into Meredith. They wouldn't let you in unless you had the sticker on the back. That's of your car. So, so, so it's, I had to slap it on there for that. So, it's so good. Um, it's like the stone cutters thing that gets you through the yeah. secret rock door. Meredith. I will say, I went to my first Meredith this year, and an amazing time, culty as fuck. <laughs> and Meredith, if you don't think Meredith is culty, you are in the cult, motherfucker. This is, oh, we can talk about Meredith for yonks, because I, I, I've i been going, or have I have been to many for years, but yes. haven't been to the last few since right. lockdown. So, yeah, how did you feel post-lockdown Meredith as a first time? Like, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Well, the, yeah, I'm not a big festival guy, so I normally only go to Lockhart because of our affiliation with it. Um but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I went with a, a group of friends who are like a great, you know, a good, fun, up and about festival group. Uh, yeah, we camped group, up in group amongst very the cheese. important in the group's festival, important. Yeah. It's imperative. Yeah, uh, yeah, camped up in the trees, which was nice. Got the shade. Uh, yeah, I, I had a good time. But like, there was there was one girl. She was like not in our group. She was like a on the periphery of our group. She was a friend of someone in the group, and she was such a Meredith person like she was just so obsessed and just wouldn't stop talking about how good it was and she was just like this is like this is how the world needs to be i'm just like all right mate she was just a bit woodstocky on me you know and i was just like oh it's my first time just ease me into it would you yeah yeah i haven't even taken my pinger yet like yes yeah yeah she was like if only meredith came out here and just like told us to do a blood oath i'd absolutely do it and i'm just like cool I definitely know who Arnie Meredith is. Like, yeah, like, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you kill enough people on the Saturday night, Auntie Meredith will appear in one of the toilets. Right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but whichever one they've like put the sigil on the door of. Jesus <laughs> no, Christ. Well, they reckon there's the nudie run, right? There's the nudie run. Yeah, the, the nudie end. run on the Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Usually, once everyone's like had fucking well enough and have packed their tents up and driven home. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I'm a, I'm a. After a two night music festival, I'm a wake up and get the fuck out on Sunday morning kind of. And you do, you and I bonded over this on at Lockhart. I was like, yeah, just so you know, the second I get up tomorrow, I'm get the fuck out of here. Like this is not a. How was there a yoga class on? Fuck off. I'm out. Yeah. I'm going home. Yeah, I can't drink because I gotta drive. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm yeah. Going. Exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> I do not have fun unless I'm drinking. <laughs> Jesus, I come from a long line of alcoholics. I will not enjoy my uh, the drinking. Oh, we're not gonna no more beers. Podcast over we're going home <laughs> oh shit i need to pee again we gotta take a break all right so we're back and we're discussing is meredith culty yeah it is i think all festivals have to build a cult around it they do okay i didn't know yeah see as i said i'm not a massive festival guy so i don't i don't know i think in terms of you know the way our kind of society set up now it's all about individualism and that yeah. drives capitalism and all this stuff so it's like you can't just have 
you know, a humdrum festival has to be the greatest festival. It has to have, you know. It's so, well, it's very that, you know. It's not mm. just one that's like I might go to. It's a, it's a thing that people look forward to. And, you know, there's a ballot for tickets. There's exclusivity. There's just everything that you'd want if you were trying to make, you know, what they've achieved because they've they've nailed it you know like mm. it's it's um i think they've achieved exactly what they wanted to because it's and i was saying to to mel just a second ago it's like it's great like it's not this isn't it like everyone's so friendly it's so inclusive like um you know but the, well you just get that kind of midsummer feeling where there's something a bit off about it because everyone's too no, nice no, that, you can't yeah. trust humans anymore no <laughs> that's really good yeah yeah yeah. It's, it's like i'm having too good of a time something must be wrong someone's getting sacrificed and back it's not here. me <laughs> No, no, more like it's just like, you know, fucking everyone's there preaching revolution. You know, like it's just a bit, you know, first Woodstocky. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just the vibe I got for it. Like, and again, it's not, I had an amazing time. I'll definitely go next year. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I'll definitely go back to. I just found it funny where everyone was just like, their words, they're like, oh, we're in the sup. And it's like, oh, you're going to do this, this, this. And it's just, everyone's like, oh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up with your fucking terminology. Yeah, there's there? a wankery that comes with uh, anything. There is, you come there the is, yeah. And, you just like, and it's what? like, is it me just being a fucking bitter person? Like, I don't, you know, like it's it, absolutely yes. That's exactly what it is. But um, I don't know. I went to uh, I went to that New Year's Eve on the hill uh, for New Year's Eve. You, uh, you performed there, performed. right? Yes. Yeah. How'd you go? Did you kill? I didn't kill. No, no, oh, no. no. I didn't kill. No, no. It was it was a funny setup because it was like. Um, they allocated 20 minutes only for comedy and they hadn't uh, organized an MC. They organized me and Tess for 10 minutes each, which is not enough. And it's just like, there's no buffer. So, and it wasn't on the main stage, it was on like a different stage. Uh, so we sort of, um, we took a, a friend of mine, uh, Ferg Neal, he's a comedian as well. He just came for the hang and we, we took him and we were like, well, Ferg, you've got to go up and sort of just like, because people are walking from the other side Buffer of the festival. Before. Buffer, <laughs> just do something, you know? Like, this is announced that comedy's starting. Like, you know, I can't get up there and be like, hey, this is the comedy part. I'm the comedian. What do you reckon about <laughs> fucking lettuce? You know, like, what do you like? I don't know. I just couldn't do that. So uh, we, we sent Ferg up there. He did a great job. He's a very funny guy. And uh, he's, he's, he's younger. He's a bit of a festival-looking dude, you know? So he, uh, he, he nailed it. But it was... Uh, it was I don't know, there would, would have been like maybe 300 people sitting on the hill. So there was a good audience. There was a lot enough people there. But uh, it was like four in the afternoon, stinking hot day, no shade. Oof. Yeah, so they're sort of... They, it was this day two of a uh, two-night festival. So everyone was probably hung over from the night before. Um, and then it was just kind of a perfect time to go and have a nap or something. So like... But everyone came. The, the issue wasn't the numbers. It was more just like the vibe wasn't there. Like, Ferg's done a great job of MC, but then it's just like me getting up there and doing material. You know? Like, it's yeah. just like, hey, here's the middle of the day. Now I'm going to tell you some jokes. Like, it's no... And they laughed at all the punchlines, but there was no, like, in-between bits where you could, you know, riff with people or, like, say good day or, you know, just sort of see what was going on or build a relationship with the audience at all. It was just, like, robotic and... You know, it was fine. Uh, a few people came up to me afterwards and gave me weed because I think I talked about weed in my set. So I felt like a fucking rock star for that. But um, yeah, that was good. That was that was the fucking highlight of it, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, was, getting those celebrity perks. Yeah, yeah, that's what I felt like. I was like, oh yeah, bloody Duncan Trussell over here. <laughs> Fuck wit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 
Oh, it happens all the time, boys. The fans are always coming up, giving me their drugs. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, it's all good. It's all good. Where's those? Where's one of those hot girls in a bikini top at this festival? Because everyone's like twenty, right? And everyone's just wearing bikini tops. All the boys are like young and jacked, and like college boys. It was. I was too old to be there. <laughs> Which is, I felt like a bit of a dad. I'm just like, oh, these bloody bikini tops. Oh my god, you know. <laughs> 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 oh, oh well, it doesn't sound hell. like uh, it doesn't sound at all like your lockhart performance, no. which, which you crushed at, by the way. Thank when you. Yes, legally, the... no one ha- no one could leave the tent you were performing. No, in. I know you. I'm amazing to a captive one. I'm a, I, they say I do my best work when everyone is fearing for their life. <laughs> so a bit of context for this story. So we're at Lockhart. This uh, last Lockhart was a very rainy, very sloppy one, and there was comedy happening in the tent, and then. During a thunderstorm, no one was legally allowed to leave the tent. So then you were pulled up to do comedy. Yes. Yes. So it was like... Um, here's you just trying to be a casual festival punter. Well, I'd gone I'd gone and hung out because, you know, you and I were camping together. The weather's torrential. Uh, you must picture like sideways freezing rain. It's torrential. And uh, there's a bunch of my friends, the comedians who were performing, had arrived at the, the school camp, which is like the artist accommodation, during the day. So I went up there and I had a few beers with them and then someone pulled out a jazz cigarette. I'm smoking a jazz cigarette. We're all having a good time because I'm not performing. Like, I'm, I'm chilling, you know? Um, and, like, they had friends of theirs who had come along and, you know, their plus ones who were also, like, getting into it because they weren't performing. So we were all having a great time. The comedians were a bit, you know, on edge because they're like, what the fuck's going on with this festival? Acts were getting cancelled left, right, and centre. Mm. It was a bit of a weird afternoon. Uh, and then we get down to the to the tent, and uh, all the music's cancelled uh, in the main stage. The comedy's in like a little tent, uh, and it's like kind of this oasis from the weather. And it gets to the point where midway through Goxie, Aaron Gox's set, it, like it just got crazy, like so bad. Like I was standing on the edge of the tent, yeah, and water was pooling into my gumboots because my gumboots were like you know like just the, the lip the back lip of the leg yeah. it was dripping down there and my feet were getting I was like what the fuck it's yeah it was it, it was, was wild. bad it was yeah it was some of the worst weather I've experienced it was wild and um so then Tess comes up to me uh with when I think Oxy was the second last act and then the last act was Blake Freeman he's on and she's like hey so the I don't know who said this because we, we there was a some sort of authority figure who said we weren't allowed to leave the tent, but I can't remember who makes that call because like who the fuck would know? Um, anyway, she's like, we can't let anyone leave this fucking tent. Uh, Blake's about to finish. Can you go on and do ten? And I was like, well, I'm I'm high, so. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Fucking oath, I can't let me at him, actually. This is sick. And it was great. I, I had a. I thought it was probably one of my better sets ever. Um, because I prefaced too, I got up there and was like, by the way, everyone, have you ever been standing at a festival, you know, enjoying yourself, not knowing if the world's about to end, enjoying a bit of comedy, get a tap on the shoulder and being like, hey, we can't leave the tent, go up and do a tent, you know? Like, and people sort of like got that, like, this poor bugger, you know? Uh, so that was the prefacing of the entire set. And then I, yeah. I had a good set, and um, I've, it's so crazy because ever since I've just been like, how do I replicate that? And the, re- the thing is, like, just don't prepare. Just, just do not prepare at all. Get high <laughs> and drink some beers, and you'll be fucking unstoppable. Uh, <laughs> Lock the exits. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They trap everyone. It's just a very unique uh, set of circumstances for me to do well. I have to not know I'm about to perform. Everyone has to be trapped there. Uh, <laughs> there has to be drugs involved for whatever reason. And um, and you watch me crush. Uh, that is me crush. That's how I'm going to do that for fucking two weeks in a row in my Comedy Fest show. <laughs> Oh um, man! 
Yeah. So, uh, what's on the horizon now? So, like you said, the the plan is to write this material for the Melbourne yes. Fringe. When's the Melbourne Fringe? The Melbourne Fringe is around September, October. I don't remember exactly, but a lot of comedians will use it to um, to run in a show. So, like running material it won't be good. I'll do it at a, a friend of mine's bar. And um, in Fitzroy, the Belfry, uh, go and check out the Belfry, sensational bar. Um, and I'll do it there and I'll just run in. It'll just be like a, a goal to do an hour. And then that means I've got an hour done in September and it'll be shit. But uh, then I can work on that for, and I'll take it, go and do Adelaide next year, 2024. And then I'll have Melbourne, uh, you know, March 2024 as well. So wow. um, that's the plan. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm doing this year's Melbourne Comedy Fest 2023 with my good mate Bella Noonan, a very, very funny comedian. So her and I are both alcoholics and uh, not really alcoholics, uh, just like social alcoholics. And well, she might. No, I don't know. Um, we're do- so we're doing a Saturday afternoon show and a Sunday afternoon show because we were like, well, I want to do a festival show, but I absolutely do not want it to impede on my drinking at the pub so we're doing it at 5 p.m <laughs> at the pub uh at the cooper's inn uh in the in the cbd there so it'll be it'll be a lot of fun every weekend of the festival which i think is like 25th or 6th or something i don't know it's around easter time it's around right? easter time yeah come whenever see easter is yeah yeah that's amazing um, so that'll be good yeah yeah it's um we're gonna do half a split show half each and um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun she's chaotic she's really um she funny story how we met she was um we met on afl grand final day and it was pretty much just her and i the only ones binge drinking <laughs> and like it was just like at a friend's a friend of a friend's party um well it was a friend's party she was a friend of a friend and um yeah we were just just something everyone fucking just sipping these beers <laughs> like it was this is this like this is the first afl grand final day that i've pretty much had since i've been in melbourne you know like i was because of the the pandemic and the yeah. you know the Perth and the lockdowns and the this and that and the other, I was like, I thought this was like a institutional day to have a red hot crack at yourself, you know. Mm. Um, so I I turned up looking for that, and then there was like there was like kids there and shit, and I was like, oh. and Jeb Bella was the only one that's like fucking turn it up, bro. Um, and she was saying how she was like just got into comedy, and I was like, oh great, and it's and it's good for me because it's like you know. It's nice to be able to, she like soundboards like, oh, can I do this gig? Like, should I do this gig? Should I message this person? So it's nice. We've got a nice relationship. She's a cool uh, cool person. We get along well. So yeah, we do, decided to do a festival show together. And that's it. Yeah, that feels like a big commitment, you know? It's a big commitment to relate, uh, to rely on someone else because there's quite a bit of admin that goes in. There's quite a bit of like prepping material. Um, you got to do a bit of crossover material. Not much, but a bit. Uh, and there's just like, there's more admin than I thought uh, would be involved in a, something like that. Yeah. There's there's quite a bit quite a bit of admin in the old festival prep, so yeah, it's good. It's um you get to know someone really well. It's I guess kind of similar to your podcast. When you do a show with someone like Tess and I, obviously did our show together, and now we're extremely close friends. So uh, you do get to you know see another layer to that person and, and establish a closer relationship than you might have otherwise. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, you've got the comedy armor on up at the yeah at the show. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The comedy armor is funny, you know. <laughs> it's just like you see someone who's like you know it's all networking man it's just like you know you see it's like oh god say get out of what's his name he's bloody runs that room and then you see some fucking shit open mind control trying to do the same to you and you're like fuck off (laughs) (laughs) it's so toxic (laughs) and I am a shit open it's so funny (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) oh fuck me Uh, oh man well we can worry about revolution revolutionizing that part of it later you know we're already going to this push for the 30 minute show yeah we're going to push for the 30 minute i think that's more achievable yeah yeah um on (laughs) 
cut this out. But on January 26, other people are protesting for other things. I'm I'm out there at the comedy festival head office going half the spot show time. Jesus fucking is nothing sacred. <laughs> Absolutely cut all that out. <laughs> First episode back, cancelled. <laughs> gone. Like me. Gone. <laughs> but I said cut it out before I said it, so I knew it was fucked. <laughs> it's just classic old white boy. I knew I was saying something fucked. <laughs> Can't make a joke about anything anymore. No, no. Well, Jesus Christ, you can't say anything anymore. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so should we end this podcast before yes. you say anything yes. else incorrect? End this podcast before it fucking ends my career. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't exist. To oh, start with. So uh, t- t- where else can people find you? You do it so Yeah, where else are you doing Catch, comedy? Yeah, I'm doing what am I doing? I'm doing this week I'm doing um hosting uh, that's tomorrow night, you won't put this up by then. Uh Oh god no, yeah Voltaire. shit, sorry, yeah, I just yeah, realised yeah. I'm like fuck I've got to like buy a new domain probably for this, so oh, it's like, this yeah. might be a while out. Well, uh, let me check my gigs in a month. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got any gigs coming up? What am I doing? Like late Feb, maybe? Um A couple of us are going to the uh Oh no, yeah, nice. He's you got it. Uh, what am I gigs? Listeners, he's, he's got the phone out. He's looking for gigs. I'm looking for gigs. Uh, come to my festival show. It is in my, every weekend of the festival uh, in the next couple of weeks. I don't know. I'll be around. Follow Alex Keen Lol. Yeah. My, yeah, yeah. That's better. I'll do that. <laughs> so, just hey. tell you, so then come to this show. <laughs> like, just follow my Instagram. I post it all up. Uh, the Rochester Hotel on Thursday nights. I'm usually gigging there. I often gig at the Belfry on Wednesday nights. Um there's a great comedy show Friday nights at the Coopers Inn every Friday. They've got an amazing lineup of like really, really good acts. So yeah, definitely. If if you're someone who wants to, me aside, if you're someone who wants good comedy, definitely go to the Coopers Inn. It's like that Friday night gig is like all of Melbourne's good comedians. They'll get some guests from the telly, but it's just more like often there will be like, there's no bad comedian on that on that bill, you know. So it's um it's a safe comedy night because you know sometimes you get out there and you see a bit of bloody dog shit, don't you? <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for coming on hey, the show, Alex. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad it's back. I'm excited to hear the rest of them. Um, I'm a subscribed listener now. <laughs> Hit that subscribe button, baby. Nothing really much to say, but I guess, you know, people might be wondering, I don't know why I was gone for so long, but I'm back now. And the only people I really want to thank are the patrons that stuck around this whole time. Holy fuck. Okay, so I just logged into Patreon and found out that uh, ultra fans of the show for life, whatever you want to call them, Rach, Mika, Bo, Claudia, all of you are amazing. You stuck out paying Patreon this whole time. Um, I need to figure out some ways to repay all of you. Mika, we have already talked about this at Lockhart and you were just happy to give me the money, but I still feel super guilty about that, brother. Um, Anyway, look, so we're back now. We're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to evolve it as we go. So it's going to, I guess, hopefully this feels like a continuation from the last couple episodes, but... It's just years later, and then the next couple after this will kind of change into more stuff. Um, Yeah, hope it's uh, an interesting evolution. Hope you guys stick around, and uh, thanks for listening to this episode. Cheers.